I'm excited about talking about how to hear from God. Uh, really, for the next four weeks, I'm going to talk about how to hear from God. And um, funny story, when I was a young minister, I heard this story about a, a church, great church where the pastor resigned and maybe he retired or whatever, and they needed a new pastor. It was a part of a denomination. So this preacher comes to the state bishop and says, hey, God spoke to me and said, I'm supposed to be the next pastor of this church. Bishop went, well, God said it. Pulls out a, uh, a card, uh, like an uh, appointment card, hands it to him and says, okay, you're the next pastor. Go there. Next day, guy comes in the pastor's office, the bishop's office again, says, hey, God spoke to me. I'm supposed to be the pastor of that church. Bishop goes, God said it, okay. Writes an appointment card, hands it to him. You're the pastor of that church. Third day in a row, this is a true story, y'all, actually happened. Somebody comes in, God spoke to me. I'm supposed to be the next pastor of that church. Bishop goes, okay. Writes him an appointment card, sends him on his way. About two days later, apparently those guys are all moving books into the office. They find out they're all three going to be there. They come angry back to the state bishop's office and said, what have you done? He says, listen, I didn't do it. I figure if God wanted you all there, he had a plan, so y'all work it out. <laughs> How many of you know God gets blamed for a lot of stuff? I'm going to tell you, in my business, the trump card is what God said, and I get played that card a lot. But God doesn't always say what people say he has saying. There's a lot of fake words from God. Um, now, don't get discouraged by that because a counterfeit actually proves that there's a real thing. They don't counterfeit $3 bills because there's not a real $3 bill, right? They counterfeit real bills. And listen, God really does speak to people. He really speaks and he, he actually wants to speak to you. And here's the good news. God has actually put together inside of you um, the equipment to be able to hear from heaven. That's what I'm going to talk about today and, and how you get there. Next week, I'm going to talk about the five ways that God speaks to you. You can't miss that. I hope you're here for that. But but what, what do you, how do you know like God is speaking to me? How do I know like it wasn't the pizza from last night? You know, it's indigestion. It's not really God, that feeling I've got. How do, how do I know that, how do I get myself in a position to be able to hear from God. I'm going to talk about that today, and I'm going to talk uh, through a, a story uh, that Jesus told. You know, when I was a teenager, I had this car, and I had it all fixed out with an awesome sound system. It's just different now. You know, your car sounds pretty good already, but, man, we had an equalizer down there. You know what I'm talking about? Like you bust your knee on it. It's hanging off the bottom of the car, you know, and, and, and it had, like, these subwoofers, and I had this whole thing. But back in those days, the radio stations were analog. Okay, you can Google that later, young people. Don't right now. Um, but like, if you had to actually tune in the radio station. If it wasn't right, you wouldn't get the right sound. Old people, come on, are you with me? Right, you had to tune that in. You can't, yeah, a lot of old people, thank you. Um, so, so you had to tune that in uh, to get the right sound. And it's like I had all the equipment, but... You know, if, if the radio station wasn't tuned in, it was useless for me. That's actually what Jesus says. We're going to read it in just a minute. Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear what the Lord is trying to say. It's like he's saying, you got all the equipment, but you're not tuned in. Like he's saying, I created you with everything you need to be able to hear the things I want to say to you, but there's something you're going to have to do to get there. And there's a beautiful, Jesus, the Bible says, never taught without telling a story. He always made an analogy. It makes it easier to remember. We're going to read one of his stories today. It's called the parable of the sower and the soil, all right? 
Uh, this is the story, okay? It's in Luke chapter 8. It says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. It's a story. He said, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering seeds, some fell along the path. There's going to be four different ways Jesus talks about that seed going out. The first one was the path. He said that was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground. That's the second place. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Then the other seed fell among the thorns. That's the third place where it grew. they grew up with it and it choked out the plants. In the fourth place he talked about, it says, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them what, church? Hear. hear. So, so the farmer in this story is God. The seed is God's word or God's voice. And the soil is the four different ways that we receive God's word. You're going to find yourself in one of these, maybe in more than one of these. Now, it would seem like everybody wants to hear from God, but the truth is not everybody makes a plan to hear from God. Not everybody is receptive to hear from God because they don't think God would actually speak to them. And here's what I can tell you. If you don't believe God will speak to you, He won't. Okay, So I'm going to show you four things from these four uh, different kinds of soil that God tells about how to hear from Him. Here's the first thing you have to do. If you're taking notes there in your worship guide, follow along. You have to open up your heart and your mind to the possibility God wants to talk to me. Many of you are open to the possibility that God wants to speak to some spiritual friend or relative you have, or God would speak to the pastor, but God wants to speak to you. You have to open up your mind to that. Jesus said this, we just read it. A farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path and it was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Now, this is the, the footpath soil. Think about this. Between the rows of a garden, you know, you have where, where, the, where, the, where the produce is coming up, the, the soil is all broken up, but where the workers walk between those uh, rows, it's, it's, it's beat down. It's hard. It's like this table. And, and, and if seed were to fall there, it's just too hard to break through and nothing good's going to happen. And it's going to lay there until you step on it or do you walk on it or like it says here, or the birds come up and take it up. Now, a few verses later, Jesus describes all four of these soils. Here's what he says about this one. He says, those along the footpath are the ones who hear. They hear. But the devil comes and takes it away from their hearts. Their hearts aren't open to it. So they cannot believe and be saved. This, this hard soil represents a closed mind. A lot of people just walk through life for whatever reason, feeling like, I can't hear from God. I'm not going to hear from God. God's not going to speak to me. That's just not a possibility. I could give you a hundred reasons why. Let me show you three reasons why in your notes right there. Pride, fear, and bitterness. Pride says, I'm doing fine, man. I don't need any of that crazy religion stuff. You know, I'm not even sure that's true. I'm just here because my wife wants me to be here. I got this. I got this under control. I'm not one of those weak guys. You know, I don't, need, I don't have time for a small group. I don't, you know, I don't need to be taking notes. I don't need to be listening to this stuff. I'm just here because it's the right thing to do. Pride will stop you. It's a hard surface that keeps the Word of God from penetrating into your heart and changing your life. Fear. Now, a lot of people don't hear from God because they don't want to hear from God. <laughs> like they know God can speak. Maybe they've heard him speak before and they're like, last time he talked to me, it was crazy stuff. I don't want any more of that. He might, he'll tell, he might tell me to forgive somebody. He might, you know, God told me one time to go wash somebody's feet. 
who I despised. Like, I don't want to hear no more for a while, God. <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't want to hear. God might tell you to be generous, might tell you to, um, to, to ask for forgiveness. For, you start talking to God about how horrible somebody is in your life, and God puts the mirror on you, and you're like, I was kind of horrible too. You know, He wants you to ask for forgiveness. A lot of people don't want to hear from God because they're afraid of what God might say. Another group is people that are just bitter because they've been hurt. And here's the truth. In life, you're going to hurt. All of us are going to hurt. It's a, it's a broken world filled with broken people, and hurting people hurt other people. And, and, and here's the truth. When you hold on to that hurt, bitterness takes root in your life and unforgiveness, and eventually we become bitter with God. And, and I have to pause right here and say, some of you have been hurt badly. You know, maybe it was a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend that hurt you or it was your spouse who wronged you in some way. Maybe it was somebody in the name of Christianity. They were blaming it on God, and it was very ungodly. And what happens is those hurts, if we don't know how to deal with them, they pile up in our life, and they separate us. They keep us from God because God is forgiveness incarnate. And when you're unforgiving, you can't hear from God. You're like, like God's Word bounces off of you like bullets off Superman. There's just no way it penetrates Two things I would say if you've been hurt today is, first of all, as a pastor, I'm sorry about that. I know it's real. I know it's painful. And I'm sorry that you've been wronged. God is sorry too. Do you know the Bible literally says God suffers with you? The Greek word compassion, it means to suffer with, that when you're suffering, God cares that much. He's perfect. <laughs> you can't hurt him. But when someone hurts you, it hurts him. That's so amazing about God. But the second thing I would tell you is never let someone else's sin separate you from God. We know our sin separates us from God, but sometimes someone else's sin that's done against you closes off your heart to God because you're so bitter, you're so unforgiving, you're, you're expecting the worst, you're even angry at God. Sometimes your, your mind won't let you know that your heart is truly angry with God. Let that stuff go. Let, let go of it all because the tragedy of a closed heart and a closed mind to God is it's barren. No good comes out of it. Nothing new. You know, as, as I was listening to worship and listening to Pastor Ori exhort the congregation a minute ago, I heard God tell me, Jerry, I want to do something new in your life today. It was so refreshing. I jumped up here today with a spring in my step like, what's God going to do? I'm expecting new things. Let me tell you, when your heart is barren, because of pride or fear or bitterness, nothing new can happen. Nothing. And I'm going to tell you, God wants to do something new and exciting in your life. He wants to take you to a new level. He believes in you. Even if you've just screwed up everything, He still believes in you. He is a loving, perfect Father. And even if that analogy doesn't make sense to you because your Father was not all that great, He's a perfect Father and He believes in you. Everyone here, no matter what your past or the mistakes that you've made or the hurt that you're carrying right now, God wants to speak to you. Help me by saying, I believe it. All right, that's the first thing. Open your heart to that reality. Second thing this parable tells us is we have to take time to listen. Say this with me, church. I have to slow down everybody in here. I, let me tell you, that's a, that's a good declaration for all of us. This is a fast-paced world, and there is no other way to hear from God than to slow down and make room and time for Him. All of us want to hear from God, but very few of us have a plan to hear from God. 
And it will never happen if you don't schedule time with God. It's like running into an old friend and saying, man, I've been wanting to see you. Let's get together some time. What's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. It's going to happen if you pick up your phone, you make a note, you say, this is the time, this is the day we're going to get together. The same is true of God. God doesn't want your leftover time. You're stuck at a red light and you're like, oh God, can you help me get there on time? That's not prayer time. You know, God wants to be the center of your world. You know, as a believer, you ought to have an intimacy with God. Think about if you're married, think about the most intimate human relationship outside of God that you have is with your spouse. But even with your spouse, you're not intimate every day. There are intimate moments, but you are close every day. It ought to be the same way with God. Every day you're walking with God. You have conversations with God. And then there are intimate moments with God where time doesn't matter. You know? You're not thinking about anything but God. Some of those intimate moments are spontaneous intimate moments, just like with your spouse. Some of those are planned intimate moments. That's the way it ought to be with God. You ought to plan time with God. Lord, this day, this is my, my day that I've got extra time. You know, But there ought to be, you're talking to God daily about every decision, about every relationship, about conversations. You ought to have a moment with God. Like, like in my truck, you know, I've got, I've got these three devotionals I'm going through right now, paper devotionals that, that, that are book form. One's in my truck, one's on my desk. And you know, just when I've got moments, I'll share that with God and I'll let him speak to me. I've got moments where I'm listening to a, a podcast or, or a pastor's message. I've got time where I'm just sitting down opening a study Bible and I'm reading. You know, it, it's creative and different ways to be intimate with God, but all of them take time and they take intentionality. If you're just saying, I really love God and I want to hear from him, but you're not planning to hear from him, it's not going to happen. Amen, preacher. You're helping me today. I got it. I got it. The other seed fell on shallow soil. This is, this is Jesus' explanation. With underlying rock, this seed began to grow, but it soon withered and died because it had a lack of moisture. This, this shallow soil is a perfect illustration of how most Christians are. We're receptive. We really want to hear from God. And we don't know what's going wrong. Why is it not happening? I'll tell you why. Because we're shallow. In, in Israel, it's a very rocky place, and there's a thin layer of soil with a little bit growing up. But when rain comes down or if there's you know, a, a drought, it just dries up because there's no moisture in that really thin layer of soil. Jesus explained it like this just a few verses later, verse 13. The rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. I like this. I believe in God. I want to be what his word says. But like these young plants in such shallow soil, their roots don't go very deep. How deep do your roots go? It depends on how deep the soil is. They believe for a while, but they wilt when the what happens? Come on, say it with hot winds. When the hot winds start of testing begin to blow, here's the truth. Hot winds of testing are coming your way. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian. It doesn't matter if you're a good person. It doesn't matter if you're trying to help people. You know, I got blasted on social media this week for giving away money to people in need. Wow. I mean, like there are professional full-time trolls out there. They're just mad at the world, and they wherever, whoever they bump into, they just share their anger with right? Hot winds of testing are coming your way. But if you've been so busy that you didn't develop your walk with God, you didn't let the roots go down deep, you didn't spend time with him, those hot winds are going to blow your faith away. I hope you're saying, okay, how can I make sure that's not me? How do I make sure I don't have a shallow walk with God? What can I do? Well, schedule time with God. Schedule time to pray, 
to have devotions with God. It could be on the Bible app, on your phone or electronic device. could be, you know, you read your Bible. And, and for me, because I get bored with one thing or another, I have to be creative with it. Did the preacher just say he gets bored with the Bible? Yes, I get bored with the Bible. I've been reading the same book for 30 years. All right, it's pretty amazing, but I kind of get bored with it. So I, I do it different ways. Man, I listen to a different translation on the Bible app while I'm getting dressed. I'll open up like uh, a different study Bible, you know, that's got like lots of stuff that I didn't already know. It's got maps and stories in it, man. You, you, you just have to find different ways. I'll do a prayer walk, you know, just walking in the woods. I love the fact that the, oh my God, summer heat of Alabama is almost behind us. Can I hear an amen to that? Woo! And when it gets fall, man, I get closer to God because I go outside in the fall more and I walk around and I talk to God. You, you've got to find ways to get your roots deeper. That's the first thing. Schedule time with God. The second thing is join a small group. You absolutely need to. The, the beautiful thing about a small group is while you're trying to get creative in how you hear from God, worship times, prayer time, Bible times, all the other people in the group are doing the same thing. So you get to access what God is saying to other people. And you get the creativity of God through someone else in your life. It's one of the best things you can do. Now, in about two or three weeks, we're going to launch, I hope, 200 small groups. What that means is we need 200 of y'all. to lead a group, all right? It'll take you to a whole new level. There's nothing like, like, you know, eight set of eyes looking at you going, what are we going to talk about today? That's great, man. It's so good. I got hundreds of eyes looking at me, and it just makes me a better person. It holds me accountable. Some of you, it's time for you to take your walk with God to the next level. Paul was standing in front of one of his congregations one time. He said, you guys are still in here eating. You ought to be feeding people. I've been here my whole life. The, 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 the default excuse for leaving a church is, well, brother, I just wasn't getting fed down there. <laughs> fed? Feed yourself. Are you kidding me? Feed somebody else. You've been in church since Noah was baptized, and you're talking about somebody feeding you? <laughs> you want to take your walk to the next level? Quit waiting on me to feed you. Feed yourself. That's not in the notes. I just needed it, you know. <laughs> Probably didn't help anybody here but me. I do my own counseling right here in front of everybody. <laughs> hey, the Bible says this about us getting together. It says, don't give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. That's what meeting together does. I hope everybody hearing my voice right now plans on joining a small group in about two weeks. And I hope a bunch of y'all go to the lobby today at every campus and ask about leading a group. Because somebody will coach you in it. Somebody will help you. They don't throw you out on an island. We want to help you in that, all right? So, um, Accountability equals growth. When, when people know you, whether you're in the group or leading the group, they know you, you're accountable, they're expecting you to be there. That's going to challenge you to open your Bible. That's how we grow. All right, here's a third type of soil. Teaches us this. You need to eliminate the distractions. I want to hear from God. I need to eliminate, Jesus called it the weeds. Everybody say weeds. He said there's thorns and weeds, and when the soil go, when the good, when the good seed goes down, the weeds grow up so fast they try to choke it out. That's distractions. And, and in the year 2022, we are 95% distraction. 
There's a purpose for you. There's something, a destiny you're supposed to be going after every day. And that's about 5% of what you can see. You have got to wade through all the muck and junk of distraction toward that end goal. It's what your boss wants you to be. It's what other people in your life say you ought to be. It's what social media is doing to you. It's what your own mind is distracting. Somewhere in the middle of all that junk is God's destiny for you. And I'll tell you, it's harder now than ever before. We are swimming in distractions. You've got a, a device, a mobile device that's with you at all times, and you can indulge every curiosity you have, right? You're just sitting there, you're wondering like, I wonder what this, boom, boom, boom. You go to Google, and there you are distracted, you know. I wonder what that email was, that, did they respond to that email? It's right there, you know. And, and if by chance you somehow set aside time for God, and you're like, well, put this phone down, and I'm just going to talk to God, it's going to start buzzing. Like, it, it's, it's like, it's like a, 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 somebody with a, a mental problem, and like, you haven't talked to me in 30 seconds. And you get a notification that starts buzzing. It's consequences because Sherry got new shoes and she's told everybody and you need to see her new shoes. Give her a heart because if you don't, she's passive aggressive about that kind of stuff. She knows she didn't heart her stuff, right? This is the way our world is today. There's so much distraction. So you're going to have to be intentional because into this 2022 culture, Jesus says, stop. Stop all that stuff and talk to me. Listen to me. Jesus said about that uh, soil, that seed fell on the weeds, and the weeds grew up with it and strangled it. What God's trying to do in your life, the distractions around you intend to strangle and stop. It's a culture of distraction, and it's strangling the Word of God out of us. One scripture says, um, therefore, come out from among the world and be separate. Here's the question of the day. Are you, are you separate or are you like everybody else? Is there any difference in how you live your life? Do you let popular culture and the demands of others dictate your life and how you live it? Are you stopping all that and saying, okay, just a minute, what does God say for me? Sometimes it's five minutes that you start your day. Sometimes it's just a brief pause before a meeting or an appointment where you say, what is God saying to me? See, the world is filled with distracted people living purposeless lives. Don't be one of those people. That's why they're so angry at just random things. That's why they'll blow up over some, something that doesn't really matter. That's why people will invest so much of their time and money in things that really are not that important. They'll throw everything into some habit or, or, or some you know hobby that really is not that valuable. You say, why are they doing it? I'm going to tell you why. Because they're distracted and purposeless. But God created you with a purpose. The world needs you. I mean, the people around you need thee. There, there, there's a puzzle, a gigantic cosmic puzzle that God has put together to, to bring about the salvation of all of his lost sons and daughters, to bring purpose to billions of people. And your piece in that puzzle is integral. You don't have time to let the distractions of the enemy choke out his purpose in your life. Stop all of that and say, God, what are you saying to me? Don't let those distractions keep you from his word. He, he describes this seed and the soil that it fell on. The seed that fell among the weeds stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. God wants us to be mature Christians. This stuff right here, worries. Worry is from a Greek word that means to struggle back and forth. It, it, it's, it's a struggle. It's a mental struggle. 
I talked about this a little bit in my message series about the Holy Spirit. If you missed it, we talked about that for about three weeks on the Holy Spirit. God wants the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of you because He wants someone inside of you who knows everything about everything. While you're struggling to decide, should I say this, do this, take this job, date this person, buy this out, while you're struggling with these worries, there's somebody who knows exactly the right answer for all of that. It's not the salesman trying to sell it to you. Okay, It's not your best friend trying to talk to you. Let me tell you what, it's God. And, and while you're looking for riches and pleasures, these can have a negative connotation. But you, you know what I've noticed about our church? Uh, we're, we're a very rich church. Maybe not by American standards, but certainly by global and historic standards. We're a filthy rich church. And we bless people around the world. Riches, riches are not necessarily a bad thing. God uh, likes to bless His children. He likes to give you some pleasure. What, what if the very answers to these worries... And the the path to the riches and pleasures God has for you is waiting on you. It's in His presence, though. You you can't be chasing after other things. Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all of these things will, will be added to you as well. You'll get all those things if you just seek Him. Jesus says, trust me, I I know what you need. I've got these things. I want you to have them. And he speaks the the, the path and the direction to these things in his presence. And when we're running from God, we're running away from the very things that we think we're trying to chase after. There's an old guy in the Old Testament named Elijah. He needed to hear from God so desperately, he put away all the distractions and he ran up to a mountain. Great idea. I've done it many times. Just spent time alone with God. And there was this massive wind that broke and like slung rocks everywhere. And he's like, man, this is God. He's about to speak to me. And God was not in the wind. And then the whole mountain shook. God put on a a show for him that day. And it was an earthquake. But God says, I'm not speaking in the earthquake today. And then there was a forest uh, fire, massive fire. He says, surely that's God. And God was not in the fire. And then the Bible says that there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And God spoke in the whisper. You know the problem with a whisper is you have to be quiet to hear it. You can't hear a whisper if you're loud. Our world is not quiet. Finding quiet is so hard. And here's something that will blow your mind. God's been talking to you all week long. You probably didn't hear it because he was whispering. Your employer was yelling. Your spouse was yelling. Your needs of your kids, decisions about your college education or decisions about school or who you're dating was yelling at you. You know, your flesh was yelling. Your sin was yelling. Mother Teresa once said, God is the friend of silence. I hear that and I go, man, we're not. We are not the friend of silence. We, we want it loud and we want so much going on and silence freaks us out. And if we stopped everything and just got quiet, some of you would get so nervous. I actually thought about doing that. I didn't want to make you nervous. <laughs> like if nobody was talking, there was no sound, y'all would be like, what is happening right now? It's just not who we are. And yet that's who God is. And right into that quietness, God whispers what he wants to say to you. Some of you are thinking, well, that's not me. God's not talking to me. No, no, God wants your best. 
He wants you to find your best. That was the fourth soil. And, and, and that seed in that soil was the right place. It finally landed not on the path, not in weeds, not in shallow soil, but right in the perfect place. And it demonstrated really what helps me be the kind of soil God wants is when I just do what he says. When I'm not this person that says, oh, God can't talk to me, man. I'm not that kind of person, you know. Crazy people hear from God. That's not me. You're not that person who says I'm too busy to hear from God. You've taken time. You've, you've shut off the voices of the distractions. And then you get to the place where you just say, man, if God is talking, I want to hear what he has to say. God speaks to the people who cooperate with him. <laughs> you ever had a friend that you wanted to help you with something, wanted to do something with you? You send them a text and they just never respond. Do you have that friend that like, if, if, if it's, uh, you know, hey, I've got a party, you want to come, boom, they're right back with it. And it's like, hey, I need a ride, crickets. Like, hey, can you help me that? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Eventually, what do you do? You stop talking to that person. God's the same way. God's looking for someone who's on the front of their toes going, man, I'm, I'm deciding in advance. Whatever he has to say, I'm down with that. He, he's my father. He loves me. He knows what's best for me. He wants what's best for me. He can accomplish anything if I surrender my life to him. So God, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm ready for it. That's what the Bible calls good soil. And God speaks to people like that. Man, I learned to start. When God speaks to me, I give it away as soon as I can. I used to have this big giant file where I would take like things I heard, uh, I learned, or, or, or like, and I was waiting to put them in some message where I was teaching pastors or preaching here. Like I would, and, and God, one day God just spoke to me and he's like, hey, I don't have a limit on stuff I can tell you. <laughs> Why are you saving it? <laughs> Just tell people, just give it away. I literally, I told that to a pastor's conference, took that giant file and gave it away. Some guy's like, oh God, yeah. And some preacher took it. And, and, and what I've learned is like, I take when God blesses me with some knowledge or financial blessing or whatever, I consider it like a hot cake. How quickly can I give this away? Because I'm convinced God has a limitless supply. My hand is close. I don't want to live close-fisted. I know so many people who live close to They got whatever they've got, and they got a hold of it so tight. It's like a comp competition. I just can't give away any of it. And, and, and so whatever God's blessings are, it bounces and rolls right off of that closed fist. You've got a 10 in here, and God's trying to put a 100. I'm not talking about dollar bill. I'm just talking about a 100 out of a 100 possibility. You're holding a 10 out of a 100, and, 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 and God's blessings rolling off the top. God wants a cooperative soil to develop the greatest harvest you ever had in your life. Here's what, here's what that scripture said. The seeds that fell in good soil, they stand for those who hear the message and they retain it in a good and obedient heart. Here's what they do. They what, church? They persist until they do what? Bear fruit. This bear fruit means stuff happens. <laughs> Blessings happen because they persist. They don't quit. They keep going. They keep trusting. They keep believing. Talking to somebody here today who's had a hard time lately. Been through some stuff. I want to challenge you to persist until you bear fruit. You wonder, where's God been? Is God even talking to me? Am I even, you know, on the radar for God? The Bible says if you just have an open heart to God and you persist until you bear fruit. Listen, God cannot lie. 
His word is 100% truth. If he said it, he will make it happen. The Bible says God watches over his word to perform it. To perform it. If you, In other words, if you fulfill his word, he's going to perform what his word says. He says the people who hear the message and retain it and are obedient to it, that, that's you. you. You've done the word. Here's what he says he's going to do. He's going to make sure that fruit happens in your life. Good fruit. Prayers are answered. Destiny is realized. The Bible says God watches over His Word. When His Word is enacted in your life, He's watching. And He makes it happen. He performs it. You're not the performer. You don't have to perform. You just take His Word in. Trust it. Walk it out. God performs the miracle in your life. I want everybody here to believe for that. Don't don't expect that you have to have it all down and you have to be perfect at it and you have to be the one that everybody looks up to Spirit. No, no, no. You're still His daughter. You're still His son. He still trusts and believes in your future. 